So we had primary alternates, contingencies, and emergencies right there. Plus, you know, send, sending some poor dumb on foot as the as the runner was uh, always an option as well. All right, guys, we're talking about uh, pace plans today. So a pace plan is a framework for planning alternative measures, uh, talking about operations or different subjects ranging from communication to weapon systems, route planning, uh, modes of transportation. So a lot of people pigeonhole themselves with this by only considering a pace plan for their communications. But this is a framework for any uh, real contingency plan. So for communication, you know, when we were getting briefed before a mission, you know, your primary, of course, would be your radio. Alternate could be uh, hand and arm signals. Contingency could be whistles. Emergency could be, you know, saying that poor, poor, lowly private to be a runner and get yelled at by E6s. Uh, but usually in Afghanistan, we had uh, our Harris radios, our embitters. Uh, we had local cell phones. We had sat phones. So we had primary alternates, contingencies, and emergencies right there. Plus, you know, send, sending some poor dumb on foot as the as the runner was uh, always an option as well. There are always privates wherever you go. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's not all pace plan is for. So we're trying, we're only highlighting this. This is a short subject, guys, but we're highlighting this so that you're you're you have a framework to be thinking of these contingencies so uh example would be transportation right so in a post event uh a post event environment your primary mode transportation you know normally could be your vehicle but you know say the highways are blocked damaged destroyed you wouldn't be able to use highways or normal roads so your alternate form of transportation could you know look like a off-road vehicle a four-wheeler dirt bike uh yeah i never know what they're called but you know like the polaris macho like the oh the yeah little, gator yeah the gator yeah a little four-seater um you know if you have wildlife or not wildlife if you have uh you know like a farm ranch you could you know, rely on horses you could rely uh, right on horseback you could you know at the end of the day you'll, form of transportation yeah and then an emergency, you know, your emergency line could be, you know, just you hoofing on foot. All right. Which you should be able to do anyways. You should be able to throw on a ruck and walk with you and your gear wherever you need to go. And in all those, you need to have a keen understanding of land nav. So just to tie that in. Oh, Because you need to know sure. where you're going, what kind of obstacles you're going to run into. Because if you run into a, if you're just chugging along and you run into a cliff, you're going to have a bad time. Oh. I'm going to be laughing all the way to your funeral but well for sure and even not you know something as dramatic as that but you know skyline yourself you know on a ridge line or on a hill so another example would be uh your weapon system so your primary weapon system should be your rifle right alternate being your handgun if your rifle goes down and your handgun runs out of ammo a contingency might be you and your buddies cross-loading ammunition you know, having additional weapon systems or being able to, you know, share ammunition. An emergency could be, you know, hand to hand. Yeah, worst case scenario, using you know any tools you have available to you or hand to hand, or it could look like you picking up, 
you know, a weapon system off a fallen enemy, right? Worst case scenario, you pick up a rock off the ground. Yeah. So we talked about land nav for, you know, communication and movement. Talking about weapons familiarization for, you know, being able to shoot whatever you have available to you. Last example I can really think of is uh, route planning. So patrolling set up, setting up a patrol base, uh, something you just do inherently is set up rally points in case you right. lose communication or you know, you're attacked, you know, when you're not expecting it. And, you know, if you have just chaos happen, rally right. point is a place where everyone knows to meet. So your primary plan could be, you know, movement to this hill, but if you get attacked along the way, you have rally points. And your comps go down. And your comps go down, right? So you have an alternate place to meet, contingency place, emergency, just go back the way you came, whatever. Right. Right. So Pace plan is just a framework for setting up redundancies and contingencies so that you're not having to react or adapt to a situation. You already have a, a loose plan in place. Right. And it's definitely essential that everyone within your uh, your unit, your, your group, whatever, what have you, uh, it's essential that they know this pace plan. Because they need to have it memorized. That way, if the comms do go down, they're not like fumbling around, lost in the woods, lost in a city, whatever. They know where they're going. They have a map. All they have to do is pull up the map, being like, okay, we're supposed to be meeting at this place. Where do I need to go? You know, uh-huh. what can I use to guide myself back to this location? And if they're not there, where's my next one? And so on and so forth, whether it's secondary, tertiary, whatever. Right, 100%. All right, then application for pace plan for medical care. We talked about NTC3, care under fire, improvising tourniquets. So your primary means of stopping life hemor- or life-threatening hemorrhaging should be utilizing a tourniquet, yes. So utilizing a TC3 certified tourniquet. If you do not have that available, if you've spent all of your TC3 tourniquets, if one was damaged, if there are none available, then you will have to improvise. There's lots of ways to improvise the tourniquet. None of them work as well as, say, a cat tourniquet or a soft T. So you're kind of melting your alternate, your contingency, your emergency care there. But the but the framework remains the same. So your primary should always be a cat tourniquet or soft T but you need to be thinking in advance how you can how you can adapt with what you have how to improvise a tourniquet or just plan to have secondary and tertiary tourniquets available in your kit you have to plan these things ahead of time because if you get caught without that plan in place you have the potential of getting people killed right and one of the things you also need to keep in mind especially with improvised tourniquets they are not reliable you're going to have to find a way that especially when you wrench them down you need to find a way of locking that into place the main idea is to stop the bleeding so you have to cut off that blood flow and if you're wrenching something down and say you just take the stick and you tuck it under somebody's pants or in a slot there's the chance that it could slip out and then the bleeding will start again. So you need to find a way to lock that thing down so that it does not release the pressure on it. 
and that's why we try to keep you away from improvised tourniquets, definitely don't use a belt. A belt is one of the worst things. You see that on in movies and all that stuff, but what you don't see is if somebody uses that in real life, that person is more likely to die because you're not going to get the amount of pressure that you need and sustain it. Well, and something else. So, obviously, in the framework of TC3 care under fire, you're not really concerned with long, uh, long-term care or long-term consequences of an improvised tourniquet, right. right? Your only job is to stop the bleeding. But with all that being said, if you improvise a tourniquet from, you know, braided 550 cord or a rope or something that is, uh, the width is thinner than a cap tourniquet or a soft T tourniquet, then you're going to run into the problem of causing tissue damage and underlying damage just in, you know, like we said earlier, you don't know what's going on in the anatomy right. underneath what you can't see. So if you use something thin like a rope or you know what have you insert here in your environment, then you have the potential of causing more Absolutely. damage. In the TC3 lineup, we're going to be hitting tactical field care, tactical evacuation care. And after that, we are going to bring you a special guest to talk about the role three, the hospital setting. Because we as infantry got to see and train for um, everything up to the uh, hospital setting. So we're going to bring in a special guest for you to talk about that. Uh, she's a provider, and she's actually one of the hosts for the Fur Coats and Stethoscopes podcast. So we at least got that treat for you. And thanks for hanging in there with us. I know this was a short episode, but there wasn't a lot there. This is just a, a framework episode trying to get you guys to understand the... It's, a, it's important to understand the concept of, of a pace plan, guys. We, you know, we know this was a short episode, but we wanted to give you the framework, wanted to give you the concepts so that you can apply this to other, absolutely, you know, absolutely to your operations. So thanks for joining us today. This has been Hard Time Strong Men Podcast, talking about pace plans. Like, subscribe, share with your friends. Stay safe and be better. Bye, everybody.